1: no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details
3: covering the sports betting landscape from coast to coast this is betting across america on v the sports betting network
4: Welcome back. This is hour number two, Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. Femi and Faye, along with Wes Reynolds here at the VEASAN Studios at the South Point Hotel and Casino. We just talked to Vinny Maiulo, talking a little college football there towards the end of the conversation. Football season, still far away, but it's always upon us. It's always yeah. the big behemoth that's hanging out of, uh, rather the content space, I should say, at least, and the betting space as well as we now turn our attention to the national Football League here. The NFL is king, and this is an interesting prompt here because we know in the NFL – First to worst is a big deal. Teams that make the playoffs oftentimes miss the playoffs the following year here. And starting in the NFC, and I think this is a really good conference to start with because it's a wide-open conference. Yes. You can make the case for a number of teams outside of maybe two or three that you can say, okay, this team will not make the playoffs. Everybody else, the other 13 teams, I think has a case to make the postseason. And here's a list of teams who made the playoffs last year, all seven of them, the Packers, Bucks, Cowboys, Rams, Cardinals, 49ers, and the Eagles. When you look at their odds... To miss the playoffs in twenty twenty two West, what jumps out to you?
3: Yeah, uh, well, look, just looking at that, I think we expect the Rams are are going to be back, and you know, but but seeing odds to miss the playoffs, uh, on, only two to one for the Rams. That I mm-hmm. mean, you would expect that for a Super Bowl champion. Bucks four twenty five. I don't know. I'm guessing that has been adjusted since Tom Brady has announced yeah. that he is going to return, but. I think we expect it to kind of, you know, go to form like it did last year. But the one that's obvious that you would say, okay, yeah, I could definitely see them missing the playoffs would be the Arizona Cardinals because you do have that DeAndre Hopkins suspension. You do have Kyler Murray at an impasse seemingly with the organization. Now, I think, you know, he's going to be in uniform, I think, come training camp and he is going to be their starting quarterback. I think they're going to get something worked out, but yeah, it, it is a wide open NFC, but it is kind of a top heavy NFC because there's a lot of teams that are kind of down that you don't know if they've really gotten that much better maybe with the exception of the Philadelphia Eagles, who I know we've been talking about the last mm-hmm. few weeks, but a team that's not on there, I'd be interested in their odds to make the playoffs and a team I've been a little higher on. I think than the market is the New Orleans Saints. I think that team is going to be better this year. I don't know if they got enough to overtake TB12 in Tampa Bay this year, even with uh, Todd bull stepping in now as, as the head coach replacing Bruce Arians. So there's a little bit of turnover there, but I think the saints are the team that have kind of been ignored in the market, getting Michael Thomas back. They finally have committed at least a couple years to Jameis Winston, new coach doubt Sean Payton working TV, but I think that could be a good thing, and it's not because I think Sean Payton's a bad coach. I think he was an excellent coach, but I think sometimes when you're a team, you need a new voice, mm-hmm. and I think maybe Dennis Allen can be that for New Orleans, so that's a team that went nine and eight last year that played four different starting quarterbacks at one point that I think has a little bit more continuity, so in terms of making the playoffs, I'd be interested in the Saints, but the one that's the obvious is the only one with the minus by its that's surprise and that's the Arizona Cardinals because I think there's a lot of questions there. there's there's a lot of questions not only with Kyler but also with Cliff Kingsbury as the coach
4: uh, Cardinals are the clear choice right now and that's indicated with the odds but there's two other teams that really stand out to me the first one being the San Francisco 49ers yes. at plus 180. And that's just based off of the uncertainty of what they're doing at quarterback. Now, mm-hmm. Trey Lance, I've been on record saying that his grade should be incomplete for 2021. We don't know if he's good or bad. We just don't have the data that supports it either way. But in the outcome that he ends up being bad, They're not going to, I mean, I don't know if they're not going to make the playoffs. That's strong to say, but like there's a pretty good chance that Mm -hmm. they miss the playoffs given the division that they play in there. So at plus 180, the Niners to me, if Lance isn't the awesome prospect that they thought when they traded all those picks to get him and he ends up being disappointing, worse than a Jimmy Garoppolo, they're a team that could miss the playoffs in 2022. But the one that I would really circle and think hard on is happens to be my beloved Dallas Cowboys at plus 220. My beloved Dallas Cowboys, who won the division last year, went 12 and 5. Now, the schedule is very favorable, but when you look at some of the Cowboys' stats from a year ago, they led the league in takeaways with 34. We know that typically regresses there. So my mm-hmm. only fear with Dallas is that the defense is not as good. Almost like leading the league in takeaways is right. the black mark heading into the offseason. It's good during the season when you're, right. the games are being played. But every time we get into the offseason, it's like, well, that's the team to fade. And I think Dallas could be that team, especially when you look at Trayvon Diggs. It's unlikely that he's going to have 11 interceptions once again in 2022. And the reason why I think Dallas at plus 220 could be an interesting look is that I think you can make the case that every team in the division got better. Right. The the Eagles got better. They're the rave of the offseason. The Giants, they changed the new coach with Brian Dayball and all those guys. They Mm -hmm. made some pretty good draft picks. The Commanders changed their quarterback. Think of what you think about Carson Wentz. I think he's still better than Taylor Heineke. This is a spot where Dallas, they didn't really get better. They made some moves that were salary cap driven. The offensive line, I think, could be better. But the wide receivers are a big question mark to where maybe Dallas is vulnerable.
3: Schedule, by the way for the NFC East and I think that's why it's a little more favorable for Dallas even mm-hmm. though I certainly concede your point here that they didn't really seem to they seem to pretty much have the same team that they have last year meanwhile yeah. we know Philadelphia got better Washington we would expect is going to be very good on defense if maybe their coordinator uh, elects not to <laughs> yeah. uh, not to not to speak too often just coach good gosh but okay. but, but nevertheless we don't want to we don't want to go open up that can of worms necessarily <laughs> but the Giants I think all Also got a little bit better. I think Brian Dable was an upgraded head coach. If Mm -hmm. Saquon Barkley can stay healthy, obviously that would help. There seems to be a little bit more talent at receiver for Daniel Jones in which to work with, but the schedules all for the NFC East teams are on the easier end because simply because you get two divisions that are probably maybe the two weakest divisions in the NFL. I would say the AFC Mm -hmm. South and also the NFC North certainly are up there in terms of weakest divisions. And that's who you play outside of the division. So that's why, you know, I still think the Cowboys and also the Eagles in relatively good shape, but I want to go back to the 49ers who you just mentioned Mm -hmm. a moment ago, not just Trey Lance going to be the, the starter for this team, but also the fact that there is some coaching turnover. Mike McDaniel, the former offensive coordinator, now the head coach down in Miami. So, uh, And Rich Scangarello, who was the quarterback coach, is now the offensive coordinator at the University of Kentucky. So I don't even believe that they really have an official offensive coordinator. They did bring in Brian Greasy out of the Monday Night Football booth to be the quarterback's coach. Bobby Slowick uh, promoted to the passing game coordinator because some teams they don't have one they kind of have two different coordinators that's kind of a college football thing where it's like you're the run game coordinator and you're the pass game coordinator chris forster the o-line and the run game coordinator but basically kyle Shanahan is the play caller and is the final decision maker there on offense so look I think that this is a good team still with some talent now, you know, they got to get on the same page again with Debo Samuel. We're going to see if they're going to use him the same way, kind of like Mike McDaniel did a little bit more in the running game, but this is a team that you would at least expect maybe a small step back in the NFC.
4: To wrap up my final point on the Dallas Cowboys, the last time they made the playoffs in consecutive years was 2006, 2007. The cowboy coaster is a real thing. As a fan, I've experienced it. Whenever they have high expectations, they tend to go below those. Whenever the expectations are low, they tend to overperform. So that's why Dallas, I think, is a little bit vulnerable. Teams that we didn't mention are the Packers, the Buccaneers, the Eagles. But let's just keep it to the Packers, Bucks, and I'll throw the Rams in there as well, the defending Super Bowl champions. Of those three teams, which one do you think is most likely to miss the playoffs?
3: Mm. That is very interesting because Green Bay, I think, is the one I just – you take them just as teams – I think that they're the weakest of those three that you mm-hmm. gave me. However, they are in the NFC North, and really there's only one team to challenge them, Minnesota. And Minnesota, I think, might be also a, a team you could bet at plus money on the yes to make the playoffs. I know our producer Matt Santos said Saints are about a $1.30 kind of in that range to make the playoffs. So Minnesota, probably the same way. And I like the Vikings in that division. Mm-hmm. and And I think for division futures, they might have some value because I do like Kevin O'Connell coming in as the head coach off that Super Bowl winning Ram staff. And finally, I think Kirk Cousins has like an offensive guy as a head coach because he's been with Mike Zimmer all those years. This is also Kirk Cousins' contract year, so this is where you expect, okay, really good year here for Kirk Cousins, at least I certainly do. Green Bay to me, look, you still have Aaron Rodgers, and as long as you have Aaron Rodgers, you're an absolute contender, but I just look at what's surrounding them, and can he pull like those old Tom Brady's in the mid-2000s with New England when he didn't have Randy Moss, you know, he kind of had some, you know, third-tier receivers, basically, and they were still getting the Super Bowls and winning Super Bowls. Can Aaron Rodgers do that? I just don't think that Green Bay has really upgraded the talent, and that's why I think the door is open for the Minnesota Vikings to challenge them.
4: Yeah, the last time Green Bay didn't make the playoffs that was 2018, the year Mike McCarthy was fired. Rogers started all 16 of those games, and Rogers had some years where 2013, 2017, where he's hurt, been hurt and missed about half the season. But in 2018, he started all 16 games. They go six, nine, and one. Mm-hmm. I don't see that happening with under uh, Lafleur in this division, especially when you look at Detroit and where Chicago's at, and also Minnesota, a new head coach there for the Vikings. But Green Bay is a team that, to me, at plus 333, I'd probably want a little bit more on that number there. But if things go wrong, if Rodgers, knock on wood, were to suffer an injury four to five weeks or so, maybe that's a team that could be vulnerable in a division that yeah. if he got hurt would be wide open for anybody yeah, to
3: take. Yeah, I there. think Minnesota would be the one to kind of uh get uh, you know, gather the scraps there if Green Bay does kind of fall. Bears and Lions, you know, might have show incremental improvements, but I still think perhaps are a couple years away, new coach, new GM in Chicago. Lions still a little bit down on talent, but yeah, Green Bay, there's just not a lot that grabs you, but once you discount them, then they throw in like yeah. a 13 and 4 record. So that's always your concern.
4: Eagles are plus 145. We didn't mention them. Are we too in on the Eagles? Is it too much fly Eagles fly here? Nah, once? I don't
3: know. Uh, <laughs> we, we tend to follow the Twitter machine. Philadelphia, they win one game there. They think they're going to the Super Bowl. I, uh,
4: get, the, get them afraid ready on Broadway for the Philadelphia Eagles. I bet them at 50 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. We'll see what happens with Philadelphia. But they have a lot of talent and a schedule that is very, very favorable on the other side let's go back to the diamond talking major league baseball here on betting across america presented by betmgm
1: No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
5: This is Betting Across America on vSense, the Sports Betting Network.
4: It's time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM is all of your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds, specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. So visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. You must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call one 800 522 4700 welcome back this is betting across america presented by bet mgm family of west reynolds we're hanging out here at the south point hotel and casino here in west you were keeping tabs of the live tour over there in london we'll talk about that more at length in the next segment here but just to give folks a little update on what the leaderboard is looking at as you're sweating an outright
3: yeah four left to play charles swartzel eight under par at one point had a five shot lead and now henny Duplessis. uh the South African. They did like a team thing here as mm-hmm. well where they drafted guys, four players to a team. They're on the same team. I have no idea what this name is. It's a South, it's the South Africans, basically. So Duplessis from South Africa now, two strokes back of Schwartzel, Sam Horsfield, the Englishman at five under. Another guy I did bet in this, Brandon Grace, four under. So he is currently tied for fourth with Peter Uline. Dustin Johnson at two under par is in six. So Charles Schwartzel, four to play, playing the par five fifteenth. Uh trying to to get this home, but has certainly leaked a little bit of oil down the stretch.
4: How much money for the winner? Was like a billion dollars? $4 million,
3: <laughs> by the way, this would be wow. the biggest check of his career. That's how much money these guys are obviously paying to, uh, unsullied their mm. reputation basically in in the world of human rights. Uh, I don't think it's going to work. It will work for some people though, but yeah. nevertheless $4 million to the winner here. That's a bigger check than Charles Schwartzel obviously got for winning the Masters back in 2011. Uh, guy that's kind of fallen off the beaten path a little bit because of injuries mainly. Mm-hmm. So he is not one, I believe, in several years worldwide. He
4: played all right this year at the Masters. No, He was, yeah. he was up there. Yeah, he, he was in there.
3: one of the final pairings on Saturday. Yeah. He ended up finishing uh, top 10 was eighth at the Byron Nelson and that's why I kind of liked him because I was like none of these guys really in this field were at, or at their peak including Dustin Johnson yeah. who by the way has not won in about a calendar year and a half so none of these guys it's not like these guys were Scheffler or Thomas or Rom, where it's like they are right in their prime and winning regularly and winning at their peak so that's why I took a shot with Charles Schwartzel he at least had shown a little bit of life and I think a guy like Schwartzel might use this tour to kind of reinvigorate His career, Mm -hmm. which had been fading and had not really been playing great over the last few years.
4: Yeah, we'll talk about live tour in the next segment as well as an update on the RBC Canadian Open as our leaders are about 30-ish minutes away mm-hmm. from teeing off there in Toronto. But let's go back to the Major League Baseball markets here and the Pittsburgh Pirates taking on the Atlanta Braves later this afternoon here. The Braves minus 250 at home. The Pirates plus 200 on the money line over at BetMGM. The total in this game is sitting at 9 with the juice toward the under at minus 115.
3: Tough to really get in front of the Braves here on mm-hmm. a 9-game winning streak, even though the pirates still eight games under 500 pirates have been a little bit more competitive this year, at least than we have seen, uh, you know, Zach Thompson, uh, a guy that's going to limit hard contact, uh, And, you know, not really get hit around the yard too much. A ground ball pitcher. Same thing kind of here with Charlie Morton. Even though Charlie Morton, uh, I call him Charlie, my favorite Morton. And he (laughs) has been because he's been one of my favorite pitchers to bet on over the years. Not so much this season. 563 ERA, 454 still on the XFIP. Uh, I think Kyle Wright was initially going to be the starter today. But overnight, they uh, went ahead and put Charlie Morton here in the spot. But lean maybe a little bit to the over eight and a half was the opener you're now seeing nine juice to the under minus 115 minus 120 no bet for me but if i'm going anywhere i'm leaning over nine
4: the oakland athletics losers of 10 straight so far here in the month of june they're plus 110 on the road at cleveland guardians Minus 130 with a total of seven and a half juice on the under. So not a lot of balls expect to be flying out of the park there in Cleveland. Well,
3: remember the A's got off to a good start in like the first three or four weeks of yeah. the season. And it has been anything but down the stretch. They have been dreadful. And now the Reds aren't in the cellar anymore. So I'm at least grateful for these guys. Reds, of course, my boyhood team. So I'm grateful that the that the A's uh, exist at least this season. And this is really <laughs> AAA. And you mentioned it earlier, referring to him as that because they sold a lot of pieces off, and that's what the A's kind of do. They develop good talent. They make a little run, see as far as they can take it. And then they sell everybody off uh, and obviously dealing with the stadium issues out there. I mean, I see a story probably every week or two on the local news that the A's may be moving to Las Vegas, you know, if they're going to build a stadium out in Henderson, you know, a retractable roof, indoor baseball stadium, or what they're going to do. Because the A's, they they have not elected to build them a new stadium, the OCO. I think if they want to keep them in Oakland, they probably need something new out there. But I digress. Uh, No. No no play for me here. Small lean to the under at seven and a half. But other than that, I don't really get involved with the A's unless I'm betting against them. The the
4: A's being in Las Vegas to me, because you mentioned it's a story that's out here on the local Mm -hmm.
3: news, and a
4: lot of our listeners and viewers don't live in Las Vegas, but for us, we see it and we hear it. And it's, I don't know how it would work with the, I mean, they'd have to build an an indoor stadium and have to be something. And they don't want to share, the Raiders don't want to share with them again.
3: And and look, I mean, how many, I know Las Vegas is now becoming a professional sports and a big league sports town, but. How much of that can you pass on to the taxpayers out Mm -hmm. here? How much can you do? Obviously, a lot of it for Allegiant Stadium. That's one thing to get to the NFL. Baseball's always been rumored here. And uh, look – it seems like we should have a local team considering half the damn teams in major league baseball are blacked out <laughs> on the television yeah. package. It's like, we don't get Dodger <laughs> games. We don't get diamondbacks. We don't get Padres. We, I, I think last year we got Padres and now we get angels. I guess that's like the home team of <laughs> Las Vegas, uh, the Bay area teams. They're blacked out. So yeah, I, am not very happy with major league baseball because I feel like I wasted my money. I'm like, I'm going to get this extra innings package or you're going to get no the streaming games. thing on MLB TV or whatever. Yeah. You don't get hardly any games anymore. It's just not worth it. Yeah, the extra
4: innings package shuts off once it turns 7 o'clock West Coast time. Yes. <laughs> it's like all the West Coast teams, starting. Yes, and now
3: I'm flipping <laughs> around, and it's like game blacked out in your area, and the little music playing in the background. I'm like, what a waste of time. Get it right, right. baseball. You yeah. want more people watching your games. Yeah.
4: yeah. That, it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting thought there, more people watching the games. You think that might be better for the sport, but who are we – you know, we're just a couple guys just yes. brainstorming ideas. Just
3: a couple customers. <laughs> yeah.
4: The Detroit Tigers in Motown hosting the Toronto Blue Jays. Tigers plus 220 at home. The Blue Jays laying the heavy price of minus 275. The road chalk. there. The total eight and a half juice on the under.
3: Boy, uh, yeah, the Tigers really got hit around. It was Elvin Rodriguez. I think he had given up like four bombs already in two innings. Then uh, finally the rain came. You thought Tigers were going to get some relief, but the Blue Jays just absolutely smacked him around with the shutout last night. Nothing nothing for me here. Uh, 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 the, ti- the Tigers are not very good. Mm. And, you know, you thought, okay, they're showing a little incremental improvements, but – they they just they just don't hit. I mean, they they just don't score runs and that's really hard when you're facing an offense like the Toronto Blue Jays that obviously obviously can hit it pretty much anywhere they want. Not gonna lay this big price on the road. This is a pass for me.
4: Well, the Houston Astros are laying a big price at home, taking on the Miami Marlins. The Astros minus 275 Marlins plus 230. The total sitting at eight with the juice on the over out at Minute Maid Park.
3: Yeah, and uh, and I actually had the Marlins last night. They got a nice win. Uh, Pablo Lopez, uh, anytime I can get him at a dog price, I'll absolutely take it. Houston, you know look thirty six and twenty two not a lot really to complain about with this team, but they 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 have lost a couple series to the Mariners in the last couple weeks. Uh, Mariners, I believe just took two or three from them in Houston midweek so. You know, you get into that dog weeks and days of summer where sometimes you're not playing very good baseball. It is Valdez against Garrett tonight. Numbers on Garrett, not very good. Only one start this season, a guy that basically is like an opener role, pitches mostly out of the bullpen, a 1080 ERA. So that's why you're seeing this big price. Uh, Nothing in particular for me, maybe a play on the over at 8.5.
4: In the Battle of the Cellar Dwellers, the Baltimore Orioles taking on the Kansas City Royals. The Royals plus 100, the Orioles minus 120, the road favorite here, total sitting at nine and a half.
3: Two more bad teams here, basically, Uh, Baltimore 24 and 35, Kansas City 20 and 37. Uh, It is going to be Daniel Lynch against Wells. Uh... You know, these guys kind of really pitch to their numbers. You don't see a lot of difference between their ERA and their XFIP. ERA, both in the high fours or in the low five, so a very high total here at nine and a half. Nothing for me.
4: By my count, there's only about 14 teams that are above 500 in Major League Baseball. It feels like there's just a lot of bad teams. The good teams are very
3: good, and the bad teams have been dreadful this year. I mean, you see the Nationals, 22 and 38. The Reds, 20 and 38. I'm just kind of going down, looking here, not in any particular order. Tigers, 23 and 34. Oakland, 20 and 40. Baltimore, 24 and 35. Kansas City, 20 and 37. So, yeah. Cubs, 23 and 34. So, you've got yeah, the bad or bad, and the good are very very good.
4: Which is kind of disappointing because it's so early in the season. Mm-hmm. You feel like you at least want to get to the Fourth of July and before you don't we want start to this, see you know? these
3: teams mailing it in. Get yeah. Bad baseball in the summer. You want you know teams still in it and teams really still trying before they sell off at the deadline. Yeah.
4: Yeah. To me, I look at the standings. I'm like, damn. If this is any indication of what the summer is going to look like, yikes for Major League Baseball. At least the playoffs will be good. <laughs> at least that will have a good October. Um, on the other side, we hope the golf is good. Talking PGA and live as well here on Betting Across America.
5: This is Betting Across America on v the Sports Betting Network.
4: The VEASAN Summer Special is here for only $39 You get everything VEASAN has to offer from now to the end of July. The next few months are going to be filled with the best betting content in the business right here at VEASAN.com. And subscribers will have access to all of it, including Adam Burke's daily MLB Best Bets. Jonathan Von Tobel will have Best Bets all the way through the NBA Finals. Andy McNeil will break down all the action on the ice all the way through the Stanley Cup playoffs. And we'll have lots of NFL preseason coverage as well. Not to mention continued Best Bets and premium articles covering golf, UFC, and NASCAR. If you want the full VEASAN experience, which features a daily Best Bets email, every edition of Point Spread Weekly, also happy 250th anniversary for Point Spread Weekly, use of our betting tools, and a live video stream whenever you want it. it costs only $39 to be a subscriber through July 31st. Sign up now at vcen.com slash summer. Welcome back. This is Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM, family of Bet-A-F-A, hanging out with Wes Reynolds. Like I said, happy 250th for a points spread weekly. Hit a milestone this week. Yeah. Hopefully you guys check that out at vison.com Steve Macken and the whole crew there, yeah. do an excellent job Matt Devine,
3: Jason Lattice, everybody that, you know, puts that together and edits it. It is a process and, you know, kind of a very short deadline for those of us that write weekly for that publication to get that out on Wednesday for the uh, subscribers out there. But Managing to do it every single time, so great job by those guys.
4: Yeah, it's a fantastic. If you're just starting out, and if, even if you're an expert better, you can always find really good nuggets there to help you as a handicapper. Well, let's talk a little bit of golf here. Wes, you are one-third of the Long Shots podcast here, which is another great source of information here at our network. You, Matt Humans, Brady Cannon, always breaking down all of these golf tournaments weekly, cashing outright, so it seems like every single week. Make sure you're tuning in if you like to win on your golf bets, but I'm curious how you guys feel about, and you specifically, the PGA Tour is going on. We have the U.S. Open next week mm-hmm. here at Brookline, Massachusetts. There, Everyone's excited about it. But it seems everywhere I turn, when people are talking about golf, they're talking about live. And yeah. the, the, the live tour going on, their first event in London right now, you have a bet on it. You're sweating out uh, Charles Schwartzel. But what are your overall thoughts here on live and as it pertains to the whole golf well, world?
3: look, uh, I mean – I don't want to necessarily be smirch players because I understand the amount of money. Look at Charles Schwartzel is three holes away from getting the biggest paycheck of his career of $4 million to win this thing. Obviously, the funding behind it You know, if this was like maybe some British businessman Or Australian businessman That was the money behind it It'd be a little different It's still, you know, competition for the PGA Tour mm-hmm. But it would just be competition Whereas this, you know The characters that are obviously behind this This is uh, funded by a fund that is operated By the government, the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia And we don't have to go into the litany Of human rights violations And the, you know, the murder Of the journalist Jamal Khashoggi from the Washington Post a couple years ago. So, I, I I, mean, that's just the way it is, and guys are going to play for this money. And golfers, essentially, have always kind of been treated as independent contractors. There's no real union, per se. So, they have the freedom, I guess, to go play this uh, if they want to go ahead and do so. But having to renounce their PGA Tour status, which a lot of these guys have done, And then those that have not, there is a suspension because look, the PGA tour has to protect its business. And these guys are members of the tour. So obviously this is a threat to them, perhaps in terms of, you know, the fact that there is another golf tour, it is Greg Norman. And and if if there's a villain in all this, whatever side you're on, I think it is Greg Norman. Mm -hmm. Greg Norman has tried to take down the PGA tour for the better part of the last quarter century he really has he tried to do this world golf league i remember they had a television deal with fox he tried to do this thing in like 95 and then all of a sudden that got put a uh, kibosh on by den commissioner tim fincham of the pga tour and remember that's when they created the wgc's the world golf championship so the shark really got stymied there but now being able to do this they have a lot of money obviously with this PIF that's run by the government in Saudi Arabia. They have a lot of money to attract these players. And, and look at the, just the obscene money that they're paying for these guys, $150 million guaranteed for Dustin Johnson.
4: That's incredible. That's almost
3: 200 for Phil Mickelson. You are paying. Yes. Phil Mickelson's one of the all time greats and a legend in the game. You are paying for a 51 year old player that is well past his prime. This is not, a, th- these are not necessarily players at their peak. Mm -hmm. This is not Scotty Scheffler or Justin Thomas or Jordan Spieth, John Rahm, Rory McIlroy, Colin Marikawa. These are not the young guns of the game that have already won major championships that are really at their peak and probably have 10 to 15 more years at their peak at the top level on the PGA tour, or wherever they play around the world. So, you know, I mean, it is what it is, and it's going to be out there for betting. And look, I feel hypocritical because I placed a couple of wagers on it, you know, for some interest. One might get home here in about a half hour, but it is sports-washing. And, 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 yeah. and, and that's what it is. I mean, you know, these players are being utilized to kind of uh, gloss over some pretty shady dealings conducted by that government. And, and it's not just golf. Obviously, they have a Formula One race over there. Uh-huh. They have soccer has been big over there. They've had big soccer clubs come there. You know, the dealings to take WWE over. Has been over Newcastle there well. United. WWE goes over there twice a year. I think they get about $50 million a show. So that's going to affect your bottom line as a company and the revenue and, you know, the shareholders see that bottom line and they're like, okay, yeah, we need to still be doing this. But that is the topic, and and you say that is the topic of the golf world. We're just a few days away, by the way, from a major championship, our national Mm -hmm. championship at the U.S. Open. You look at the RBC Canadian Open. You had kind of a weaker field in the middle, but at the top, and look, a lot of the guys at the top, you got Rory McIlroy. You got Scotty Scheffler. You got Sam Burns, who has won like four times in the last year and a half. You have Justin Thomas in contention. Tony Finau in contention. You've got huge names at this event just out on the west end of Toronto this afternoon. So... You know, it is kind of unfortunate. It's going to be interesting to see who goes, and I know more players are going to go, and I had a suspicion that they were going to go, because the second event, by the way, for Live Golf is, I believe, the first weekend in July at Pumpkin Ridge up in uh, Portland, Oregon, and you've already had Patrick Reed commit to it. Mm -hmm. He was actually on the broadcast doing a Zoom interview because they had the little Twitter release. Welcome to Live Golf, Patrick Reed. Yeah. Bryson DeChambeau was announced yesterday that he is going. Pat Perez, another guy going. Rumors that maybe Ricky Fowler and some other players may go. So more players are going to go and do this thing because of the money that is obviously just the stupid amounts of money that are being paid to these players. So they're going to go and they're going to wait for this first batch, and that's what I thought it was going to be, Femi. Wait mm-hmm. for this first batch of players to kind of you know go and and take the. Show. Shots from the media or whomever or on social or whether it's from the mainstream media and then realize, okay, I can go over here. Some other guys did this. We're in the same boat. So when somebody else is getting criticized, it's a lot easier for you to go when they took the first brunt of criticism.
4: Well, and that's the thing that I'm very fascinated to see how this plays out. Because you mentioned Patrick Reed. He's a Masters champion. Bryson DeChambeau he was a U.S. Open champion. Those are some younger names you mentioned because, like, DJ, you know, he hasn't won mm-hmm. in more than in over a calendar year. Phil Mickelson is definitely on the back nine, probably on 18 right now as, as, yeah. as a professional golfer. But yeah, and it,
3: obviously he's going to take the bag because he's not necessarily wanting to play. He's not going to win. Our, <laughs> and, and PGA Tour <laughs> champions, look, the, the, prize money, the prize money on the PGA Tour is still great, but PGA Tour champions. It's obviously lesser prize money. The guys overseas that play a lot on the DP world tour, the prize money really hasn't increased. So what I think is going to happen and DJ kind of put that out there mm-hmm. yesterday that, you know, he can play eight events and still play the majors and get paid all this money for less work. And apparently he is trying to apply for status on the DP world tour to kind of cement his schedule since he's, you know, renounced, basically resigned his PGA tour membership. However, what I think you're going to see happen, and that's going to be another interesting wrinkle in this long-term storyline I think the PGA tour eventually is going to buy the DP world tour. They're already sanctioning events. The DP world tour obviously does not do the sponsorship. Mm -hmm. And that's the former European tour, by the way, when I refer to that now as the DP world tour, they don't get the sponsorship. So what you're going to see is maybe there's got to be an alliance. It's like, Hey, we got to band together to beat this, you know, renegade golf tour or whatever you want to call it. So that's what I think you're going to see happening. But nevertheless, All the big players in the world are going to be there next week at Brookline for the U.S. Open.
4: Do you think the PGA Tour is in trouble if we get more big-name guys? Let's say a young gun who's playing well eventually goes over to live. Do you think that would be an indication of the PGA Tour being in trouble?
3: That is where where it could be in trouble because – I think based on what they have there now, this is not a threat because none mm-hmm. of these guys are really at their peak anymore. They're just big names, yeah, but they're not big names in their prime. So that's what I think you got to worry about. And look, uh, you know, the PGA tour, I think has been in good shape. They're still drawing, drawing good ratings. Uh, all the sponsorships during the pandemic. when you know, when they were having events with no fans and anything are still there, they're still benefiting charities because part of the PGA tour is philanthropy. Every, every Event, has some kind of charity that they raise a bunch of money for, and you haven't obviously seen that in terms of incorporated with Live Golf.
4: Yeah, I saw someone make this point on Twitter last night, almost equating this to the Monday Night Wars of the yes. wrestling world back in yes. the 90s or when WWE or WWF at the time was the big honcho. Then all of a sudden mm-hmm. here comes along Ted Turner and that right. WCW money, getting Hulk Hogan, getting Macho Man, all these guys to go but, over But those older WCW. guys back
3: then were still over with the crowd and still draw yeah a lot of these players a little bit older and just can't play at that level anymore yeah
4: it is very fascinating to see how this unfolds and I think the U.S. Open being next week adds another wrinkle to this as well on the other side Evan Klosky WTSP in Tampa joins us talking Lightning Rangers game six tonight
2: work. Zumo Play.
5: This is Betting Across America on vSEN, the Sports Betting Network.
4: BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets and risk-free tokens. Planning a trip to Vegas, you can also convert your BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points that you can use towards dining, shows, and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM Resorts properties located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. BetMGM Rewards is sports betting's premier loyalty program featuring exclusive offers, incredible experiences, and valuable perks when you wager on the betmgm app so sign up with betmgm or log on today to get an even bigger piece of the action with betmgm rewards eligibility restrictions apply visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions must be 21 years of age or older to wager please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER Welcome back. This is Betting Across America presented by BetMGM. Femi of hanging out with Wes Reynolds here at the South Point Hotel and Casino. and It's another big day in sports. We've got the Belmont going on. Mm -hmm. NBA Finals. We're all still buzzing about Steph Curry's performance last night as that series is tied up 2-2 going back to the Bay. But also a potential elimination game on the ice in the Stanley Cup playoffs between the New York Rangers and Tampa Bay Lightning. And to help us preview that game, we bring in our guy, Evan Klosky, the WTSP Sports Director in Tampa, Florida. Evan, we appreciate you joining us here on the program this morning. I want to start off with the Lightning, of course. as a team that you cover that you know really well. What sparked this turnaround in this series?
5: They uh, they just went back into form, you know. Uh, we saw a little glimpse of it in Game 2 in the third period. And uh, and honestly, even though they went down 2-0 in Game 3 to the Rangers, uh, they really kept to their structure. And I think when we talked before that Game 3, I said – the problems with game one and two is that they were allowing the Rangers to move east and west way too much. And that's how the Rangers generate their scoring opportunities. And that's how they generated a couple last game, which they messed up on to be quite honest. But now that the, the middle of the ice has been closed off to New York, I just haven't seen an adjustment from the Rangers to figure out, okay, now how are we going to create those scoring chances another way? Because the, the lightning are doing what they usually do. So, um, Honestly, they just kind of got their legs from that nine-day layoff after sweeping the after sweeping the Panthers. They got back to their structure and they showed a little sense of urgency uh, entering that third period in Game Three when they were trailing two-one.
3: Uh, Evan, uh, just looking at how this series has played out, it, you know, and you're right. I think the first two games up in the Garden, they looked a step slow, and then you were kind of wondering, okay. Is there too many miles? Are there too many miles on this engine now when you make those two Stanley Cup runs back to back and then eventually it catches up to you? And then you look at the roster, it's like this team's not old. It's not like they have a bunch of old guys up and down this roster, but you do get a lot of miles on those legs. But it seems like it's really been the third period because kind of like the first two periods play out pretty even. You look at like the shots on goal and the high danger chances, and they're pretty darn even. And how does Tampa Bay just find another gear here in the third period? Because that's what they've been doing basically the last three games.
5: They just have a winning pedigree and, and it kind of sounds cliche, but every time we talk to these players and Steven Stamkos actually mentioned it uh, yesterday or, or two days ago when, when we mentioned it, the only way to learn about how to close off games and how to wiggle out of tough scenarios is experience. And this team had, had logged a lot of heartbreaking experiences leading up to this content. you got to remember that, you know, before even all the Stanley Cup runs, I mean, this team has made it to the Eastern Conference Final in six of their last eight seasons. So, you know, they didn't win the Stanley Cup in all of those years. They, you know, they had a lot of heartbreak along the way. And not to mention their best team along that road uh, didn't even make it out of the first round. They got swept by Columbus, which might have been the impetus to all of this. But I I think the best thing that I could say about the Lightning and why they're able to finish things off in a third period is because they literally treat every minute of the game like it's the same. So that doesn't mean they don't show any sense of, of panic. They don't rush things. They don't get out of their structure. They play the way they're going to play, and they play the same way in the first two minutes of the period as they play in the, set, in, in the back two minutes of the period. And wherever that goal ends up, that's just where it ends up by sticking to their structure. And maybe some other teams, they kind of get a little bit rattled uh, as, the you know, the period's kind of ending, and you're trying to make this last-second flurry. I think you remember Chris Kreider at the end of Game 3. He took ownership of the fact that he was puck-watching, right? That sort of it, it was the last minute of this game, and you lose focus for a, for a second. And um, that was a lesson that the Lightning were reminded of in game six against Toronto when they were leading 2-1 to and gave up two goals to the Maple Leafs uh, in the final minute to fall 3-2 and and almost lose that series. And I think ever since that moment, they've understood the sense of urgency with each minute uh, outside of games one and two against the Rangers, where I think that that was just, they were just rusty.
4: We're speaking with Evan Klosky, Sports Director at WTSP in Tampa, Florida here. Evan, looking at the Game 6 market here, these odds courtesy of BetMGM, the Lightning minus 200 now to win tonight and to close this series out, the Rangers plus 165. But the total is what interests me because right now the total has ticked down from 5.5 to now 5 with juice on the over. All three victories from the Lightning, the game has gone under the total. Do you see tonight having to play out in a similar fashion if Tampa is to close this deal?
5: Yeah for sure and um, you know sadly I still think the the under might be the play uh, when you look back to series clinching scenarios Andre Vasilevsky the past couple of years has been unbelievable now they haven't won every single closeout scenario if you remember last year against the Islanders uh, in game six they lost in the old barn uh, in overtime to then head back to Emily arena for game seven. But usually when they clinch a series, Andre Vasilevsky gives up one to zero goals. He is the all-time leader in NHL history with shutouts in series clinching situations. He's, he's already wow. up the six. So um, to, that triggers me is that, like, hey, if, if the Tampa Bay Lightning are heavy favorites and we all think that the Lightning are going to win, how is that going to happen? Well, it's going to happen because Andre Vasilevsky gave up one to zero goals. And, and the Lightning are not going to light up Igor Shosturkin either You know what we see from the lightning in these closeout games is they love to jump out to that one nothing lead immediately and then they just try to suffocate you the rest of the way and then clamp down on defense. And honestly since uh, since game three the Rangers have not really generated many scoring opportunities or or goals I should say. Even strength. I mean game three was uh, two power play goals game four was a six on four. Game five, they snuck one in a weird angle against Vassy, which was even strength. So we're talking about in the last three games, one even strength goal for the Rangers. And, uh, and that's what I mean about those adjustments. I just haven't seen the Rangers adjust five-on-five hockey. I do think that um, penalties will probably be a little bit more prevalent on Tampa Bay side, which is going to be interesting because they only had one last game, and this was the second most penalized team during the regular season. So if the Rangers can get on the power play, then they – might have a chance to get a goal or two on Vasi. but um, yeah, Igor versus Vasi has turned out to be exactly what we thought of uh, once game three kind of ticked off.
3: And Evan, kind of expanding upon that, do you feel like Tampa Bay, maybe their only chance of losing here is if they can't stay out of the box? Because like you mentioned, the Rangers just in five on five, I think, they've played more games, but I think it was like 15th out of the 16 teams in terms of five on five uh, expected goals. And I think really it's been, uh, you know, Stamkos, Cooch and Pallad have been very good, maybe not necessarily dominant, but to me, it's been Sorelli, Kalorn, and Hagel in that line. They have absolutely shut down these guys. And, you know, I think when you see Zabinijad and Kreider on the, on the ice, you're going to see that line out there pretty much the entire time.
5: And that is absolutely correct. I mean, You know, some people here in Tampa's fans are wondering, where's Alex Kalorn? right? This guy usually has, you know, a handful of goals by this time in the postseason. But this is what this team does. They're they're a team first squad. And and they show it every single series. Alex Kalorn is somebody who is used to scoring goals. That's not his assignment in this series. They know that they need him, Hagel, and Sorelli to just play defense. And what they've been doing to the Rangers stars on five on five hockey has been nothing short of phenomenal. And that's been one of those adjustments that John Cooper and the coaching staff has made throughout this series to kind of get the upper hand on the Rangers. And I don't know what the Rangers have necessarily done to answer that. You know, they just say, I think Glenn was just like work harder. You know, you're going to have to find your spots. And, and I don't know if they're going to be able to do that against a guy like, uh, you know, Sorelli who was fifth place in Selkie uh, trophy award uh, uh, finalist this year. So, you know, I, I think that, that that is spot on. Uh, John Cooper mentioned that, you know, he talked with Captain Obvious. And as long as they stay out of the box, they're pretty confident that they're going <laughs> to, you know, be in a good spot. Uh, that, that's pretty. I'm summarizing his quote, but he did mention the Captain Obvious part. Um, so I, I think that's it. I, I think the Rangers can win if they get on the man advantage a good chunk of time. Because if there is one constant that New York has proven is that that power play has been fairly elite. Now, they haven't connected all the time in this series but they have generated tons of opportunities throughout the series.
4: All right, Evan, 10 seconds left. What's your prediction for tonight?
5: Uh, prediction two, one victory lightning
4: 2 one lightning. It'd be lightning in the under there with mm-hmm. Tampa Bay advancing to the Stanley cup playoffs or the, the final, I should say for the third straight year to take on the Colorado avalanche. He is Evan Klosky sports director over at WTSP in Tampa, Florida. Have fun tonight at the game. And we'll talk soon.
5: Thank you so much. Anytime. Man. Thank you,
4: Evan. All right. How about that? We'll talk about that on the other side. Some more of that NHL Stanley Cup playoffs here, game six tonight. And then also the NFL to start our number. three.
3: This is VSIN, the sports betting network.
1: Whether you're a novice or a seasoned veteran in the sports book, VSIN is here to help you improve your sports betting skills. VSIN has assembled the leading team of insiders and handicappers to analyze and handicappers to analyze and handicappers to analyze and handicappers. work.
2: Zumo Play.